Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> All right, here on the Fourth Line Voice for episode 297, I have a special guest. Special indeed. We got Alec from the Five for Fighting podcast. What's happening, man? I, I got to be your most recurring guest at this point, and I just think that oh, says easy. volumes about your podcast. Oh, I'm trying to completely sink myself, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Doing my best to get yeah. kicked off the network, I think. You're in the running for most improved after you get me off of here and start interviewing actual guys with merit. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think you've actually done my show more than you've done your own show. Fuck, at this point, oh, I'm sure, yeah. I'm on your show more regularly than I release episodes, That's that's for sure. Well, I know. So today, folks, the reason I'm having Alec on, of course, we're uh, you know we're not doing a, <laughs> we're not doing the minor league mayhem uh, thing, but we are going to stick with the minor league theme. Um, we're going to do a kind of an East Coast Hockey League in review, and because uh, that's kind of that's uh, as the kids would say, that's Alex Jam is the East Coast League. Certainly not mine. <laughs> And, uh, but I wanted to, last episode I talked about like the final fight totals and in the Southern Pro and the East Coast and the American League and all that shit. And I'm kind of, uh, kind of thinking, well, everyone talks about the NHL and all that stuff. No one really talks about the minor leagues, especially the fight totals. So it's like old Jay in Iowa, I'm going to get him back on. We're going to talk about the Southern Pro League. That'll be either Sunday or next week or whatever. But East Coast League, I'm thinking, well, there's only one guy I'm going to talk to. The man that fights with the East Coast League. Talks about the East Coast League, has a fight channel about the East Coast League, hangs out in Norfolk with Nico Blashman. He's a man of the people, and a, a man of the East Coast League. I figured I'd get you on to do this. Boy, wow! What a what a what a, <laughs> what an introduction for me. I don't know if I've ever had somebody go that in depth for it, but uh, yeah, Mister East Coast League. They, yeah. so, so East Coast that they uh, that they don't like my YouTube channel and try to copyright the uh, the old podcast to take me down. Fun, fun stuff for Mister East Coast League over here. <laughs> yeah, Mister East Coast League that the East Coast League doesn't want, but yeah. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the, what did you say, the uh, the old fungus on the shower curtain that the yep. ECHL just keeps trying to scrub, but damn it, it won't go away. Yeah, it keeps coming back, yeah, no matter yeah, how fed, hard they fed, scrub. They fed the stray cat one time, and that's all it took. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> well so before we, uh, actually, I, uh, well, and the, and that's, in all seriousness, well, the reason I had Alec on is, uh, I mean, the only East Coast League stuff I watch is the shit you post. Well, because that's the only way you can see it. You can't see it anywhere else. So I got to rely right. on I got to rely on Alec to put up the fights. And if he says the fight's good, I'll go watch it. Um, you know, I'm familiar with Nico and of course Glotz and Collins and all those guys. But um, you are certainly much more uh, uh, knowledgeable than I am on this topic. So this is basically going to be your episode. Look at that. I'm 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 uh, I'm, I'm just going to supervise. I'm going to pass on the duties to you. But. Um, 
First, though, I wanted to say you were, uh, there were some shenanigans in Norfolk a couple weeks back. You went down and, uh, and took in a game and, and everything else. How did, how did your trip to Norfolk and the scope go? Oh, it was a great time. Legendary Arena. It was so funny. I got it. I got when we got inside the arena. I don't know if it was because I had a I had, had a few beers of me with Byron and Haley at that point, and I want to give a shout out to those folks. They were fans of the podcast. They bought me a ticket to the game, and then we ended up pregame. We had a bar out there. It was, what was it called? Baxter's. I guess it's like a pretty pretty well known sports bar to go to right before the old Admirals game. So we went there and drank our faces off for a bit. But you get into the scope, and it's so funny. It's just such a dimly lit arena, like compared to anything. Like, all the uh, like all the stands like if you're not up on the glass or whatever it's just like it, it reminds me of almost like the old Quebec League footage back before it was like the L well, I mean even the LNH you got dimly lit arenas but I'm talking like the old QSPHL where yep. every every fight had a Cote in it and you know it was just like the most dimly lit arena and I loved every second of it because it's just like pinnacle minor pro hockey legendary arena uh, and I mean overall the 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 game itself was all right, but I really wasn't there for the game. It was just kind of part of it. It was really just a fun time to talk with uh, Byron and Haley and then seeing Nico out there. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't playing. Um, I think it was his hand after that fight he had, the last fight he had of the season. Um, for, I can't remember who it was with off the top of my head, but the, it was some guy from uh, Newfoundland that started it and Nico finished it. We'll put it that way. Um, and so it was overall a good time though. The scope was a legendary arena to see and the, the, the city of Norfolk was great. And it was funny cause I had messaged you when it happened and I didn't know, I didn't know I felt bad afterwards. I listened to the podcast. I didn't know you were actually recording while I'm sitting there blowing up your phone. Cause again, feeling no pain at the bar, but yeah, ended up sitting next to uh, Matt Sommerfeld's billet parents of all people. And I guess what it was. So they were in town for, their 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 son was the assistant coach of the Norfolk Admirals, and they had just come in town to watch the game. I don't think they had seen him behind the bench yet or anything like that. So I think this was their first time coming down. And they were like, yeah, we're from uh, Swift Current and blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, so you guys – or they had asked, like, do we, have we heard of the WHL? And Byron and Haley had heard of it. And, of course, I, I obviously I know the WHL, not in the depth that you do or uh, other guys out there because even still major junior hockey is, like, foreign to me. Being down from Florida, growing up in Florida, I didn't really didn't really watch too many Saskatoon Blades no. versus Swift Current Broncos games growing up. Um, so they asked if we knew the dub, and of course that's where a lot of tough guys came from back then. So of course I know a decent amount about the dub, and I said yeah, and they said oh yeah, we were we were actually billet parents from Swift Current, and I said oh that's awesome, you know, do you ever get any uh, any enforcers or tough guys in? First name they threw out to me was oh yeah, you ever hear of a guy named Matt Sommer? Sommerfeld, and it was, of course, like, this is, I think, like two two or three weeks after you did the Sommerfeld player spotlight, I think. Um, no, it was that I, I day. Was... The day you were blowing up my phone, I was recording, and I mentioned well, that. Well, you had mentioned. You out had, of all yeah, of the mention... guys, I started talking about Matt Sommerfeld. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, well, fuck. I said, fuck, yeah, I've heard of Matt Sommerfeld. You know, I knew exactly who that was. Um, and so we just started talking. They were the nicest people from Swift Current, and they thought it was just, like, hilarious that there was some fat guy that knew who Matt Sommerfeld was sitting next to him up in Norfolk. So that was a – I mean, what a great time. And then meeting Byron and Haley, it's like, you know, you meet people on the internet, and I know it's funny. It's so weird to – it's so weird for me to say that because growing yeah. up, of course, and it's at the age or we're, we're at the, the part of technology now where I think it's more not it's not as taboo. But I even being 27, I still grew up in the age you don't talk to strangers on the Internet, you know. Yeah. And now that's, that's all my I fuck more of my friends are Internet friends that I probably talk to in real life. Um, 
So you never know what to expect going out there. And, you know, I talked with Byron and Haley a bit, and they said they were fans of the podcast. And we had back and forth, nothing, you know, crazy. But you just never know what it's going to be like. Oh, they get there, and we just talk. And it was like we had known each other for years. And so it was it was such a fun night. And, um, you know, what a great experience it was. It was great to see Nico. And everything was great until, I, you know, my truck keys went missing out of my room the next morning uh, from hotel staff. So that, that was a little bit of a – that put a little damper on the trip. But overall, everything was great. And it was a fun time. No, that's – yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it, it and it's really cool. Well, and, I'm, and I mean you and I have talked about this before. and I mean I've talked about it on the show before. But, yeah, it, it's amazing. And you forget when you're in it and you're doing it. Um it's always amazing to me uh, when you stop and think about it, the, the reach the shows have, right? The podcast yeah. has. And it's like, well, even last, though, you know, when last time we did the episode and I have Searson on. Well, yeah. I mean, here I'm talking to a guy from the UK that listens to the show and, you know, got to know him and whatever. I mean, I got to know him through the tra- tape trading and stuff. But, I mean, that's how the internet made the world so small. But, like, even when I was at Ice Wars in Edmonton and you run into people and they're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're the fourth line voice guy. Yeah, I listen to your show. And it's like, Really? Why? You know, <laughs> Why? You kinda, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like okay. But, but, they said the same thing. They're like, oh yeah, people with the scope love your show. I'm like, well, people don't. Like, Why? You yeah. Know? It's like the first thing that comes out of my mouth is really? Yeah. Why? There's Why so many better that? shows to listen to. Like, yeah, yeah there's like, they must be a glutton for punishment. Holy cow. Yeah, and it's and it's, but it's always just really. Um, well, we're obviously going to talk about him, but uh, Darian Skiho. I mean, he was at Ice Wars, and he came up. He came and found me because I was wearing my fourth line voice shirt, right? And he came up. And we started talking to me. Hey, Derek, if you're listening to this, return my text messages, man. We got to get you on the show here this summer. You know, um, he gave me his. Well, gave, the off season now. Savannah, Savannah season's over, so exactly. you should be good to go now. I know. I sent him a text, and I don't think he replied to me. Fuck. I'm like, all right. He gave me the phone. Gave me his number at Ice Wars. I'm like, yeah, I got to get a hold of him. But. Um, <laughs> But it was like to have him come up and then have a couple other guys, you know, when we were talking and it was just like, it's just really cool to, to, uh, you know, you meet people that, that listen to your show. And, and like you said, and you have the interactions on social media with people and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, for as much as, uh, I, I fucking rant and rave and bitch on here about podcasting and guests and all that shit. Um, that is the fun part of podcasting is, uh, is those interactions. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's like, and even when I ended the show, uh, the, the second time for my, my lovely Brett Favre comeback, the amount of messages I got, cause I think the podcast had grown at that point. Cause the first time I had, you know, went on the hiatus cause I was just really busy with work and I was just, you know, shutting it down for a couple months until I was done. You know, you get people, oh yeah, I can't wait for the show to come back and, you know, I hope all the best. And then this time when I would thought for sure I was ending it until, you know, hit club came along, um, I, the amount of messages I got, because I mean, of course, I was I when I did the um, post or whatever, pretty much just said I was done. Uh, you never, like you said, you never realize the reach and the amount of messages I got from different hockey fans, uh, ranging from different parts of the world, is actually kind of crazy to think about. So yeah. you never know until you actually kind of throw your throw yourself out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. line into the water. Yeah, no, it's true, and it uh, yeah, and it's pretty amazing how. Uh... Well, yeah, the internet's connected the world, right? It made the world small, and it's like, uh, um, yeah, no. So it's it's been really cool in that sense. So that was cool that you could go to Norfolk and uh, meet some folks, and uh, you know, catch an Admirals game, especially in that in that arena. And uh, yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of shit's gone down in that rink. I can tell you. Got to see where John Brophy's old stomping grounds. Yeah. You can only imagine the shit that went down there. <laughs> 
Oh, could you? Yeah, man. Could you imagine watching shit there in the eighties and stuff? And no, oh, man. Yeah. If those well, that's the, why I like. That's why I love about the mind. Like, and it's it's. I won't say it's sad because obviously it's needed. But like Kalamazoo, I think is getting a new rink next year or the year after. But I know that barn that they play in is just so legendary. So it sucks to see these old barns start to go. And I think the scope will always be there. I think the scope's just going to end up being renovated over time. Um, but like, I got to go to the scope, and that's something I never thought I'd do. Or at the very beginning of this, when hockey season as a whole started, I went down to Fayetteville, and I forget the name of the arena, but where the marksmen play in the SPHL. But that barn has been there for years too, um, from when it was like you know the Fayetteville Fire Ants and you know the other Fayetteville teams that came along even before yeah, the them. Fayetteville so, Force of the Central League. That's what it was. Yeah, the Force. That's what it was. Yep. Um, and so you get to see all these legendary barns, and it's just so cool, and it's. Uh, like I, it only just adds to the soft spot I have for minor pro hockey, not only just because of the physical play and the rough stuff, but it's just such a more like down to earth, I guess, intimate experience. So just it, getting back into at least going every once in a while to minor pro games, it's, you, you can't beat it. You just can't. Yeah, that's like, uh, yeah, exactly. It, it's like the minor league thing that like that's like, well, of course, obviously in my sense, it was junior hockey, right? Growing up with junior hockey. Yeah. You know, it's like I always say I have the soft spot for junior A and stuff. And, you know, the SJHL, you know, with my brother playing and stuff. So it was like, you know, I always have the soft spot for the junior A guys. And, like, and then, of course, the Western League with the Blades and stuff. But, yeah, it's always that junior minor league. I've always, even, like, in my collecting in my fight DVDs. I have way more minor and junior stuff than I do NHL, yeah. right? And it's like, um, you know... And it's like, well, to this day, I said, even with this podcast, I'm just, as we're talking about it, I'm starting to laugh. Right above your head is a TV um, with the with the NHL Tampa Bay and the Leaf game on. <clears throat> Go Lightning. Um, so the NHL, yeah. the NHL playoffs are on, and I'm doing an East Coast League roundup show. There. Yeah, folks. exactly. That, yeah, and that and before that, it was Minor League Mayhem Tournament. So that tells you the extent of how much my give a shit meter about the NHL is. You know, and why do you really how, how much we were watching really was kind of I mean, I, I was watching to see and I don't think I saw the boards, you know, shake one time. But I, honestly, I'm just really rooting against the against the Leafs as long as the Leafs are out first round. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I know that's going to piss some people off. But at the end of the day, I would so much like I'd rather instead of if I had the opportunity to go to a playoff game in Raleigh with the Lightning and the Hurricanes right now or go to a an, you know, just a regular season ECHL game in Norfolk, I'm driving the two and a half hours every fucking time. Not happening going to a fucking regular season NHL game. And I was even I was even going to, you know, swallow my pride and take the wife because the wife is, I had told you before, she's a huge Braden Point fan and so she's a big Tampa fan. I, I fed the gremlin after midnight. I got her into hockey and now she likes the NHL. It's, you know, it's like ah, he, you live, you were listening, but you weren't really hearing me when I was talking about hockey, I guess. Um, but, you know, I was looking into going to a Hurricanes and Lightning game um, just because it was like a, a nothing game at the end of the season. I was like, ah, fuck it. Maybe I'll take the wife. Well, I think it was like 80 bucks a pop for the top level seats. And like the nosebleed, I was like, yeah, no, 160 bucks. I was like, that's a trip to Norfolk and then some. I said, no, thank you. Yeah, we're not doing that. I'm not. I'm not spending 160 bucks to watch pond hockey. Not happening. So no, thank you. Oh, like I said, <laughs> my buddy talked. Like my friend that lives in Edmonton, he took he, every year. He takes his kid. They go to a couple games or whatever, and it's like he gets. And he, you know, he he'll get decent seats. Between that and parking and everything else, I I'm not a word of a lie. I think he told me it was about 700 fucking dollars. It's insane. Yeah, I'm like, are you, and, then, and then you go and watch, and it's a fucking two one love fest. 
Of yeah, like, that's why I, I tell people too, like with because you know, how do I get into the ECHL? If there's a team around you, just uh, seriously ask about season tickets. That was the first thing I did when I got to the uh, when we went down to Fort Myers and we saw the Everblades were there. I looked into it. Fuck, and we didn't we didn't do a full season because there was December and that was the time when we were going to have our. I think we went to Iowa that that winter because it was that rotation for Christmas. But I, it was also when we had our wedding, um, our actual like venue wedding that we had to put on hold because of COVID and everything. So we weren't going to be there. So we got a twenty four game pack or whatever is what it was. It was basically like three quarter season tickets. And the total for it were ten. I think we were no, we were eleven rows up from the ice center ice for two tickets for twenty four games was like twelve hundred bucks for the year, and it's like twelve hundred bucks would get you like three NHL games today. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, and then you know, all we had to do was pay the parking pass, and then Wednesday was you know, three dollar beer day or you know dollar yeah. hot dog night, and it's like, you know, why, why wouldn't you do that? Like, just go go do it at least. I, I encourage everybody to at least go check out if there's a hockey team, whether it's the East Coast or SPHL, go to a minor pro hockey league game and open broaden your horizons because there's so much better. I won't say better because it all depends on what your views are and what good hockey is. But there's so much more hockey out there than just the NHL. So I, yeah. I always encourage people to get out of the NHL bubble. Yeah, that, exactly. That's exactly where I was going to go with this. It's like, yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, well, yeah, and that's the thing like my buddy was saying. Because he's old school. He, you know, grew up the same, well, he's the same age as I am. We went to school together. Well, we lived together for a while. But, yeah, he's uh, we, we went to school together and whatever. So, I mean, he's a fight guy, whatever, and, you know, Baumgartner is his favorite guy, whatever. So, but his kid, of course, you know, his kid doesn't know any different. He's whatever. So he's, right. you know, the kid likes to go. So, okay, I'll go. But it's like, oh, through gritted teeth, he sits there and he's like, and he knows this is like costing me $600 to watch. And he goes, hey, and it's really cool to watch Connor McDavid, unbelievable, and Dreisaitl and all those guys. And he's like, he's never knocking those guys, obviously. And I'm not sitting here knocking those guys either. But right. it's like... Yeah, well, we've said it a thousand times in term in terms of aggression and passion and like I well I I I put it out on social media the other day. I said if the NHL had a quarter of a passion of that uh, New York Fire Department police game <laughs> yeah. charity game, goddamn, I'd be I'd have a center ice package. I said you know, but I said that. Oh, it's like I was sitting in that when I was sitting in the hotel room in Edmonton. I was in our the jacuzzi tub there with the beer, and I'm sitting there and I'm and I got the stupid Winnipeg Jet game on or whoever the hell I was. It was the most boring shit. I'm like, who watches this? Like I said, I've always said, new age fans they don't know any different. Whatever that's the hockey they grew up on, they don't know. But any fan that's like my age that could sit there and still I've said it on the air a bunch of times and could sit there and would still watch this stuff. And think it's good is I have no idea what you're watching or what I I have no clue. My one of my favorite things was having people that I went to high school with, and I so you know growing up in Florida, hockey is not what you'd call the most popular sport. So I was always the, you know the dude who I, I was a, you know I collect jerseys now, but I I just you know weren't game worn back then. But I always wore a jersey to school. I used to have actually funny enough talking about the Leafs. I used to have like a Jazz Jaguar Leafs jersey. That was a very obscure one. That was when I wore fucking senior year of high school. That was when I wore first day of school. My mom was pissed. Um, but like it's funny you see people then you know hockey wasn't as big so. 
um, they it would be like hey, they would ask me minor questions about it or whatever. And then later on in the line, you see all these people that are all of a sudden into hockey and that I went to high school with because the Lightning, of course, you know, have grown over the years. And actually, I will say this: the owner of the Lightning has done a very good job. It was a Jeff Vinnick um, did a very good job about growing the game. Like Tampa's, the Lightning are probably like the most represented sport, beside from the Bucks um, in Tampa. But you get these people, and this is the hockey that they know. And then they see like the stuff I post, and I look like a fucking Neanderthal. And they're like, you know, what are you like? What are you talking about? Like oh, these people are the one who think Tom Wilson's a goon or Ryan Reeves yeah. is a goon. And it's like you guys haven't seen fucking anything. I said, like, fuck, I tried to tell you about all this shit like years ago. And it's 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 just the you get to see the product of the different generational gap of like I guess when people start watching to think what good hockey is, and you know, because then. These are also the same people that they look back at like clips in the eighties and they're like, Oh, this this hockey sucks. And it's like, no, it didn't it, it didn't. Um, but it's it's the they're just a product of their environment. So it's just what people watch, I guess, now. But like you said, if if you've been a hockey fan, even in the past like ten to fifteen years, I don't know how you can watch it. I don't no. know how you can. No it's brutal. I, it's just I, brutal. Yeah, well, and it all started yesterday, of course, the playoffs start and oh everybody's oh, here we go. Well, so Dumba hits uh Pozlowski there, Pavelski, and oh, it's the end of the world, and this is why we need to get rid of, oh, now the NHL needs to redo the rules, and on and on and on, and I don't know, I'm watching that hit like, uh, okay, I, I don't know. It looks fine to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, whatever, and then, yeah, I don't know, and it just, ugh, on and on, and like, the whining has already started, well, it's already started, I don't think it ever ended, but. But even like, and we'll get into the the we'll we'll get into the East Coast thing right away. But yeah, like I know with putting up your clips or whatever, or you see the different, uh, you know, the different chat groups and everything else, and oh, oh, Nico's a goon, or Collins is a goon, or Glotz doesn't need to be in the league anymore, and it's like, oh, you people have no idea what a goon is. Oh, you have no idea if you if you think that's what a goon is, it's like, oh, I I swear, like. 1990s East Coast League would have given you oh nightmare. Man. I could yeah. imagine if them watching Kopech and Rosanzoff and, and Augusta and stuff. Oh my God, it would give them be nightmare fuel. You know, yeah, like fucking Tasker. You got Sen. You got Vandermeer. Oh. Just oh yeah, oh the whole the whole shebang out there. Yeah, oh, <laughs> like fucking Brophy, Brophy yelling and screaming. You got Bernard and Morissette and. Yeah, I gotta find it. I gotta because I remember the fucking lineup was loaded. Um, let me see. I'll open up a separate tab here. It was when Segroy was on wheeling, and I remember Brophy just had that team. It was I. It was when I I had interviewed him, and it was just something ridiculous of the fucking guys that they had. Like they had like Morenci. Um, oh, maybe it was a different year. That was the wrong year. Fuck, I, here we go. Never mind, folks. I can't even... I'm not going to go through it because I love Mike Segroy, but his hockey DB, uh, you can kind of scroll that for three days oh, if you, you really you want. Oh, you get carpal tunnel. <laughs> if you get carpal tunnel, yeah. scrolling that thing. Yeah. It might have had nothing to think about. It. it actually might have been when Tasker was there, but either way, like it was, this... It, it was when Tasker like, was there, I think. Yeah, because it was, was it? like yeah. Steve Parsons was there and like, oh yeah, like they were just stacked. Baduke and all those guys and Tremblay and... Oh yeah, like Wheeling just had killed. Yeah, okay, yeah. Here it is. This is this. So this is the Wheeling lineup. This is circa. This is the Wheeling Nailers of o one o two. You got Mark Major, Brendan Walsh, Bruce Watson, 
<laughs> Ken Tasker, David Kochi. Like, like that. that's just yeah. one team. Yeah. That is one team. <laughs> yeah, that's one team. Exactly. And it's just like, yeah. So, you, I mean, you kind of do the, like you said, we got to go through the league and the fight totals and everything else. And it was just like, well, like I said, last episode, I was talking about it and ranting and raving about these fight totals. And it was like, yeah, what are we doing here? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing with the, and I will say that I love, I do love the ECHL still. Um, it's my favorite to watch still by far, but I still think the 10 fight rule is a complete garbage rule. And I think all the players will tell you that too, because I think I've only met like two players that have ever enjoyed the rule. Um, or, you know, at least agree with it. Cause I've taken that poll multiple times on the Instagram and I don't say names, but let's just say, uh, about 99.9% of the players do not like the 10 fight rule. We'll put it that way. Um, so unfortunately that, and I, that's where I kind of laugh at when you see some fight, oh, I can't say, I won't say fight fans, maybe not, uh, probably more so just ECHL fans, but you know, oh, well, this guy kind of picks his spots. Well, yeah, when you have a fucking fight limit, you have to pick yeah. your spots because, if like let's say you know you want to have a good fight and throw down, well, it's a hockey fight. Anything can happen. You can throw one punch, you both slip and fall to the ice. Well, guess what? You got charged with one fight now. Then you got nine, and then that could happen two or three times. You, it was you just wasted kind of three fights, and it sucks. But that's why you gotta have to fucking pick your spots. But I, in, in a way, it makes the game a little bit more dangerous. But that's a whole other can of worms. I don't think we'll get into. Um, but at the end of the day, there's still some great guys who throw down, and I will still preach this, that I, I do think the ECHL, if you're still looking for a rough-and-tumble style of hockey, now it's not every game. There's still some snoozers out there. But, I mean, you look at all the clips that happened this year, um, I think out of all the viral hockey videos, I think the ECHL had the most this year in terms of which one's got the biggest. And I'm going to tell you right now, it wasn't for goals and no. Michigan passes and whatever. Um, it was for brawls, TKOs, goalie fights. It's just, uh, you know, how it goes. The the Brandon Yemen's Andrew Ballant fucking TKO at the beginning of the year, the double knockout. I'd have to go on and see how much it has at this point, I, how much it has throughout all the different outlets that have reposted it after, I'd, after it had kind of blown up or whatever. I remember at one point, I think the last time I checked, it was like 7 million views. Um Tell me what other East Coast League videos getting seven million views. I don't think it's going to be a goal. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, and the thing that always with the fight limits thing, you know, junior hockey, okay, whatever. You know, that's that's their own separate entity. But I mean, the East Coast League is affiliated with the NHL. Yep. Well, the NHL doesn't have a fight limit rule. So I said, why all of a sudden? I don't understand why the American League and the East Coast League felt the need to put in fight limits. I mean, I'd love to ask who the president or the league or whatever. Like, I, like obviously, I had to get voted on. What? What? I've I've never heard their reasoning for why. And it's like none of the players like it. You know, I mean, maybe some of them do, but I mean, at the end of the day, even okay, say there's no fight limit. There's no fight limit at all. Is in this day and age in 2023, is Nico Blatchman seriously going to fight 38 times? No. I will say if there well, if there was one player to do it, it'd probably be Nico. Maybe. Day, He'd have more than what he had. But yeah, I mean, I know exactly what you're yeah, saying. it's yeah, not yeah. going to go to 1995 levels where every team at no, 100, that's what I, that's 200 what I fights. People. It's like, and, well, and, the, and there's the best part is there's still people calling this a fucking goon league. I'm like, yes. how can a league with a fight limit be a goon league? What are you yeah. talking about? Well, what, well, what, well, what what's the thing here? What is it? It's, uh, who is it? It's Orlando, right? Did yeah, your, or, Orlando led the led the thing in forty one? 
Yeah. And then meanwhile, you go back to like Paul Laws, who had 33 fights in a season with yeah. the fucking Florida Panthers back in the day. Yeah. Well, so that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, so I'm like, yeah, who who's this fight total thing for? Right. And especially if you go into the East Coast League. I mean, are fans happy about this? Like, were fans chanting for this? Like, I don't... The players certainly weren't championing, championing it. So what? What? what is the reason for the... Have you ever heard what the reason for the fight total being put in was? I don't... I've never heard a reasoning. I think it was circa 2017 when it came in. Yeah. Um, I can... I'd have to go back and look. But at the time... They they did a thing where and it and it showed how many players had over ten fights and I I want to say the total wasn't that high it might have been like eleven to four anywhere between like ten to fifteen I think so I don't think it was really like an epidemic or whatever and it was no. fighting's already kind of down anyway I mean how many kids aside from the one off like Nico Blatchman you know are you really getting kids coming out of junior willing to throw down with Anthony Collins and Josh Thrower no so no. Well, at the end of the day, what's the rule for it? And then, like you said, with the same thing, I get that the ECHL is the development league. Same with the AHL. They want to market themselves that way. I get it, but I'm sorry. Nobody is going to an ECHL game saying, I really hope I can see the next Alex Ovechkin develop and you know work his way up. Nobody's going to an ECHL game saying that. No. And uh, yeah, I get it. You want to develop players. You're part of farm teams because now you're part of uh, you know the AHL parent club, and then you got the NHL parent club. So I get it. You're developing players, but at the end of the day, you're a double A hockey league. I don't think people are going to care if the next Wayne Gretzky's coming up because uh, chances are he's not going to be in the ECHL that long anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the, always their excuse, like with the American League. Oh, it's a development league. Well, motherfucker, it's always been a development league. It was in the '80s too, yeah. and the '90s. Where did all these guys come from? So that why are you talking like this is new shit? It's a development league. Well, what was it before? Yeah, like it was still an American. It was, like, it was still an NHL affiliated. Like, in 1999, the Wheeling Nailers were affiliated with some NHL team. Like, why are we acting like this is new shit? So it's like... Yeah, or even, like, the newer shit. Like, you know, I say newer, but, like, you know, circa, I don't know, 07. You had Morasti, Yablonski yeah. running around with Syracuse. And it's a development league, but, I mean, they were still doing it. So Well, Morasti's in Bakersfield the the for the year and whatever. Yep. and it's, So it's like... I, was anybody in Bakersfield upset that he was there fighting 30 times? I don't recall. I mean, yeah, I mean, there has always been anti-fight people. Like, I mean, even in the, yeah. they cried in the 80s about it. I mean, in the 90s, about there's always been anti-fight people. At the end of the day, they're the minority. People could say whatever they want. Those people are in the minority. So, of course, they're probably the most vocal, but I mean, which is the other problem. But I, I don't, I, I just, as I'm just thinking if I owned an East Coast League team, how do I sit at that league meeting and, and in all seriousness, oh, I agree with that. Let's limit fighting. What fucking idiot yeah. says this? Like, I don't, I don't get it. At the, at the end of the day, it just endangers players more. And I know people want to say it's safer. But the problem is you get a guy who's who's there for, you know, you get a guy and everybody can say it's a goon or whatever. You get a guy who's there to be an intimidating force and keep everybody in check. But you can't you can't start keeping a guy in check if you have to worry about getting suspended for fighting them. So you get a guy who runs a guy face first into the boards, you know, hits him right in the numbers. And then let's say, I don't know, Anthony Collins goes over to fight him. But Collins is at nine fights. Well, now he's at ten fights. 
and he's getting suspended, but the other guy just gets you know a you know a two minute major or a two minute major, two minute minor, a five minute major for boarding or whatever, and the guy's out for X amount of games. But Collins is suspended because he defended his teammate. Like that's an issue. Why is it, why is a guy who's there to protect his teammates getting punished for trying to do so? Because at the end of the day, it's the East Coast League. Shit's going to happen because everybody's trying to prove themselves. I've seen it time and time again, and even with um, even with today's standards of hockey in 2023, shit will still hit the fan, as we've seen with goalie fights. And actually, some, and that's what I'm saying too. Nobody got suspended in the goalie fight, and people can say what they want about optics with the league and the league of oh, we don't want to be a fight league. I didn't see anybody taking down all the goalie fight videos that were going around or the TKO video that was going around. Um, or the double TK or whatever you want to call it. So it's not like the league and teams will post their fights too. It's not like they don't like fighting. They know fighting attracts people because the teams will post it. Fuck the Indie Fuel CC my podcast and fight videos now. Like they'll like literally in their tweet will said courtesy copy to fight for like five for fighting pod or whatever. Yeah. Because they know it's good for the league to retweet that shit and they want me to put that out. And you know it's, and I don't, I don't have an agreement. I don't have a contract with the Indy Fuel saying I'm like their exclusive like fight fucking guy or whatever. But they do it because they know it's good for the team and it gets people talking. Like at the very beginning of the year, when the the double TKO happened between Yemens and uh, Balant, you remember there was the Cincinnati news or since somebody with Cincinnati was posting how much more traction or like it was, yeah. it was being easy how much like, you know, we have all of a sudden all these interactions with the thing. And of course, and I didn't say anything. this is when I was still very bitter with the ECHL. And so I wanted to really, you know, motherfuck him or whatever, <laughs> never ended up doing it. But that was, of course, you know, it was like, well, gee, I wonder why there's so many interactions. It couldn't possibly have been the double knockout video that just got 7 million views and covered on sports center. No, I think I was at a, somebody just happened to score a nice wrist from the blue line and all of a sudden everybody just got into Cincinnati Cyclones hockey. Yeah. The, the, the Cyclone fever after that. It's like, come on now. So the league knows it's it, it's still a good part and a, a way to grow the game or, you know, get eyes on the league. So what the issue is with the 10 fight rule or fight videos, I don't, I don't know. I have no clue. Well, yeah, and it's, it, still... and it's always this like, well, but they still fight. It's not like we – they still let them fight. Yeah, that's not – it's not the point. You know I, I'll fucking hang my hat on this every time, and I know you've said it too. They said the same thing with the Quebec League, and look where the Quebec League is next year. It was yep. always, oh, they still, they'll still let them fight. They'll still let them fight. Oh, well, yeah, the rules in. Well, it's only five. They can still fight at least. Yeah, look where we're at now. Look at the, and that's just that's just the start. That's the tip of the iceberg. It's going to yep. roll right downhill to everything else. Well, and I'm like, you guys, I'm just you're killing your own product, and you don't even yeah. you don't even know it. Like you or you, I I don't know what you're doing. And I said this, I said, I, you know, I've talked to people and stuff, the attendance at these, like, they're like, oh, the atmosphere, the attendance is nothing like it used to be. Well, I wonder why. I mean, a lot of that has to do with today's tech, today's world. I mean, the entertainment dollars being stretched, people can only afford so much. I mean, so, you know, the cheap fucking hockey game and stuff gets put on the back burner, whatever it was, not cheap anymore, you know? And so, but what you're going to do is, like I said, the majority of those people want fighting. They like fighting. They want to see it. And what do you do? And you take it away from them. Yeah. And, and it's uh, and it's just like, so why am I going to go? Like that's yeah, the thing. I mean, like, I, I sit there want, and I say it on this show. game. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I sit here and say it on the pod, and then it's all yeah. But you're just an old dummy that you know. That's all you care about, and go watch UFC. 
It's not me saying it. It's not just me saying it. I said every time there's a fight happening, do you look at the crowd? Does anyone look upset by this? No. Like you said, a goalie fight gets 7 million views on social media. Why is that? Because people like it. You can go on and on about whatever. I've I've said it a thousand times, beat it to death. Red Ice sells. You might not like want to admit it, but it does. What's the most anticipated game in the NHL? Oh, it's always a return match. The Battle of Alberta. Or the time Wilson went back to New York and we got yep. Reeves now. Oh, that guarantee that was the most watched game. Oh, and it wasn't because, oh, I sure hope Panarin scores. No one gave a <laughs> shit. They wanted to see Reeves beat Wilson's ass. Yeah, and well, and it was when I did the episode of Does Fighting Grow the Game of Hockey? And, of course, it, is there a direct correlation? Can you ever say that? I don't think you can. But... And going through it, you look at the most viewed videos on YouTube of all the major outlets, and that was the it was I, I did Sportsnet, um, and what was the other one? It was that is that Jens ninety five. That's the name of the channel. It's like it's not a league yeah. channel, but it's I think it's a fan channel. But they post everything yes, uh, from yes. the NHL. Yeah, great job actually from that yep. channel. Um, and you look at their most viewed videos. You look at their top ten, and always in there, there is at least. Four or five fight videos, always. Yep. yep. And it's always, or like, you know, top, like one of the, what the fuck, the East Coast League video that Gens95 has, I, at one point, it's probably almost at 2 million now, but I think it was at like 1.8 million and it was like ECHL madness or whatever. 1.8 million views on YouTube. And again, people aren't watching that video to see, you know, the next Ovechkin come up from the ECHL. You know, it, draw, there's, it draws people in every time. It always does and it yeah. always will. Even just going to tough guy, you know, getting more obscure with it, but tough guy jerseys. Um, so Savannah was there. This is their first year ever having a pro hockey team in Savannah with the Ghost Pirates, um, and they just had their jersey auctions. Darian Skio's jersey. This is a fucking ECHL team. We are talking here. Darian Skio's jersey. I think it was the black one that just went. There's, they did two separate ones. Forty eight hundred dollars for a Darian Skio game worn jersey. And you yep. tell me fans don't like their tough guys. I want to say he was only second. He was second on the team. I think they're maybe their leading goal scorer. I think it was a guy that was up and down with the AHL. I think his his happened to go for more. And it was the same thing in, in Kalamazoo. It's the same thing with the Florida or Florida. I was going to say Florida Wheeling. Um, the Florida Everblades, I've seen it time and time. I know because I bought a Newber jersey. The military one that's right behind me was the only one I would ever like went balls out for because I really like the military one. That was like 1200 bucks. just the jersey sitting back there. I had to sell like three or four jerseys so I can make sure I had the funds for it because I didn't. I wasn't going to just tell the wife, oh, yeah, by the way, I charged you know 1200 bucks to the credit card for a Newber jersey. But that's just what it goes into, and it's like it's the same thing. And Newbers jersey is always the first to go. It's always because in, in the auction thing, you always have the option to fucking bid on the jersey or just buy it now up front for like twelve hundred bucks. Every time it's going for twelve hundred bucks, and that's just you know a couple examples. It's the same thing with Klotz up there. Josh Thrower's jersey always goes for a lot of money, and so people just always love their tough hockey, even with Savannah being their first year pro. That Skio jersey still went for forty eight hundred dollars, which is nuts. Oh, it's yeah. Those are tremendous jerseys. That's a tremendous name too. Savannah goes. Oh awesome. God, it is. You know, it but, really is. Yeah, but it's the same thing, and it's and it's as old as time, uh, going way back. The it's in any hockey team. Like I always say, it's the the three most popular players are the three G's: the goal scorer, the goalie, and the goon. It's the yep. way it's always is. It's the way it's always going to be. You know how many how many wild jerseys? I, I guarantee Ryan Reeves. 
has probably outsold the major is probably up there in jersey sales with the wild. Well, you I know. remember back then, was it Bugard was the best selling jersey he, for he Minnesota? Was the, he was there. Yeah, exactly. And it was like you know, and it's just it. And I don't, I, I just don't get why. I mean, whatever. We could go on and on about all day and speculate <laughs> why, but I'm just like, yeah, you have something that people, the majority. And not just 51%. Like, I would say the majority, I'd say at least 80% like fighting. 85% at your games. And you want to take it away. I don't get it. I don't understand. I've ne- I've always said with hockey in general, I've never seen a sport that gets in its own way more than hockey does. Like, just does not listen to the fan. Well, the fans, they listen, they listen to the vocal minority on social media. That's who they're listening yep. to. And it's just mind-boggling to me. And it's like, why wouldn't you listen to the play? Like, what was the most popular fucking hockey podcast in the world? Spit and Chicklets. Why? (laughs) Because Paul Bissonette, the former goon, is on the show. I mean, no offense to Whitney and Rear Admiral and those guys. They were doing that show before Biz was there, and it wasn't the most popular podcast in the world. It became that way when Bissonette showed up. You can say what you want about them, but that's what it is. And it was like, but they've always been pro-fight. They'll promote fighting. Barstool Sports promotes fighting. And it's the most popular podcast in the world. Well, yeah, well, even even the other one, too, uh, what is it? It was Shane O'Brien, who wasn't necessarily an enforcer, but definitely a willing guy, because I remember him with Tampa, a missing curfew. And they're huge, too, on pro fighting and everything. And people yeah. love it, because it's a former player, former guy who used to throw down. He was he kind of reminded me of a guy, like, he wasn't he wouldn't fight all the time, but when he threw down, he was actually pretty damn good at fighting. Yeah. Um, and it's the same, same exact thing there, too. Yeah, well, and you listen to Nyland, and you listen to Kote, and like all these yep. guys, John Scott, and you listen to these guys that have shows, and it's like, uh, th- those are the guys that you should be talking to. You should be just, or just like we always say, what do the players want? That's what you make, that's how you grow your league is by what the players want. Yeah. And you educate your fans. Like you just, like if this is the product that you present, the fans that you, that come to your, you just, you they're like sheep, right? And they're going to give, they're going to like what you give them. And you have to, and you just, I don't know, you, uh, that's just, that's the product that you present them and you make them familiar with it. And it's like, they want rough, tough hockey. That's what you give them. And it's like, don't worry about all oh, the optics and what so-and-so, oh, the hockey news wrote an article about us and Ken Campbell didn't like the fights. Oh, well, good for fucking Ken Campbell. Who I think cares? you should be fucking happy because people are going to love it after that. They're like, oh, Ken Campbell hates it. I'm fucking going to watch that league. Yeah. That would be the first um, thing I would do. Yeah, well, or some talking head didn't like it. Well, when was that person ever relevant and who gives a shit anyway? Like, I'm like, you listen to all the people that don't come to your games. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it, exactly. It, it, that's like me bitching about the East Coast League. Well, Fatty's on his couch here in Saskatchewan. He ain't coming to any game. Who cares what he thinks? No one's coming right. to your game, so who cares what those people think? But that's who they put stock in. And it's just like, who cares? Like, just... Like I said, if I'm an East Coast Hockey League owner, I don't know who sits at that league meeting and says, well, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's let's do that. That like, would be... I would actually... I would love to sit down and, like, like have a genuine interview with, like, either the commissioner or yeah. whoever... Whoever's in charge of that and just be like, I, I, like I want, I, I'm curious. I want to hear the thought process on this. Yeah. No, I, but, I know they would never give me an interview. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, I'd, I'd have a better chance with them than you would. Yeah. They hate you. <laughs> yeah, I might be able to get them up. But look, yeah, I'd love to sit down and just ask them. And I mean, maybe it's an insurance thing. That might be it. 
You know, and I mean, hell, everything yeah. comes down to money nowadays. So yeah, maybe it is an insurance thing, you know, and then it's like, cause I think, I think that was the issue in junior, but it's just like, okay. But if it's just this, oh, head trauma and it's the right thing to do. Oh, shut up. Like just yeah, take out, take out hitting then take it oh, out. Yeah, exactly. Like as I saw the same thing with every, anybody who comments on a video that says, oh, CTE when it's a fight video. I said, the fucking take out hitting. If you're so concerned about fucking head trauma, take out hitting because that's where all your concussions come from. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, exactly. And then the response is, oh yeah, could calm down, bro. You know, like that's getting a little yeah. extreme. Oh, is it like, you're the one crying about CTE. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, well, what's the leading cause of it then? If we're going to be all serious about head trauma and CTE, then get rid of contact. Well, now you're just talking stupid. <laughs> Am I? Like, I like I I think I'm the only one talking sane here in this conversation. Like, right? Like, you it, want CTE eliminated so bad, and we, here's here's the number one cause of concussion yeah. and head trauma. Why not take it out if you're so concerned? And yeah. Of course, you. Oh, you're you're getting extreme. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like yeah. So I said, well, then. Yeah, tell me how you can how you get rid of CTE in a contact sport. When you figure that out there, Doc, you can let me know how that's going to work out. The only way it's going to work is if you eliminate contact. Well, you yep. can't do that. Well, then let's not have this discussion anymore. Cause, yeah, then shut up. Well, because, and it's the same thing. While well, we talk about that, the Dumba hit and everything else from last night in the playoffs. As soon as someone gets hurt, all of a sudden it's dirty. Yeah. Well, no, you can get hurt on a clean hit. Yeah, clean hits probably cause more concussions than fights yeah. do. I'll well, tell you, you that get, much. And you can get concussions from a clean hit. Like yeah. everybody, all these guys that love to yell about CT and head at trauma, it's always because, oh, we, they, they headhunt. He got hit in the head. Well, no, you, you don't have to get a concussion by getting hit in the head. It's the sudden stop. It's not the shot to the head. Like, you know, and I mean, and it's these same people. I said for years and years, you championed, oh, let's take out center ice. No more obstruction, no more holding anyone up. Speed, 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 fast, fast, fast. And now all of a sudden it's like, whoa, look at all these guys getting concussions. Well, no shit. Let's make the equipment like Kevlar. Like, these guys could stop freaking bullets with this equipment. Let's make the equipment really Kevlar-like. And we can't hold anybody up anymore and we'll make it faster. And then you sit and wonder why there's concussions. Oh, it must be from all the fights. Oh, that's that's really what it is. Oh, yeah, I'll all take the, my chances. All the fighting a, that's at an all-time low. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. I'll take my chances in a fist fight than coming up the blue line with my head down. You know, like or having a guy take a full run at me because my defense partner can't hold him up anymore, and he's just going to run me in the end wall because he's got to finish his checks. Which again, I don't blame the guy because that's what you got to do. But at least before the guy could slow you down a little bit. Now I can't touch him because it's a penalty. And all you people that love to yell fast, 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 you're the same ones. This is the Shangri-La that you created. And then now you come at me about I'm Mr. Goon and I like head injuries. Well, yeah, it's, it's always like these people just want to have like their moral high horse. Yeah. And it's like, why? It's like, oh, that's all you did. You, cre- you created this product. This is what you wanted. You yeah. got it. This is your bed. You fucking sleep in it. Exactly. And it's all these media guys, it's the Ken Campbells and the Damian Cox and all these guys that sit and cry about it now. It's like, well, this is what you wanted for all these years. Oh, yeah, we don't want people water skiing on the guy anymore. Like, you, you don't even know what that means, so stop saying that phrase, you know. But oh, it's obstruction this, obstruction that. It's like, well, yeah, that you know, there was also a purpose that slowed guys down. 
you know, you could run a pick on a guy so the guy didn't have a full-length run at you. Well, they, they just shouldn't do that. Oh, well, there you go. There's the solution. Just don't... Like, that That was the guy today with the Dumba hit. Well, it just wasn't necessary. Oh, okay. No, yeah. But you're the same guy that, oh, it's playoffs. It's aggressive hockey. Here we go. Time to win the cup. But at the same time, don't get too mean, though. Like, let's not get too carried away. You know, it's like, oh, like, just... It's like, literally, it, you want the cake and you want to eat it, too. It's just like, it doesn't... Yeah. It reminds me of the 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 fight fans, and I use air quotes here. I know folks can't see me on the camera, but it's like the same people who see a hockey fight, and it's like somebody happens to get hurt or knocked out, and it's always well, I like a good hockey fight, but not when that happens. Like, what? Yeah. What do you think the the objective of the fight was? You were trying to hurt your opponent, and it's like, well, I don't see the point of that hit to separate the fucking guy from the puck, and it's playoff hockey. You're sending a message. What do you think the hit was for? Like, is yeah. it? It's not rocket appliances, Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, they just attached this 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 grade five ice carnival attitude, like it's pee wee hockey mentality in professional hockey. Well, did he really need to? Yeah, he did. Like, I, I, and you're you're fighting to win the fight. Or you know what my favorite thing is too? What what didn't need to? Yeah, maybe he didn't, but who gives a fuck if it's when it was within the rules? It was a clean hit. Who cares if he did if he needed or didn't need to do it? It was clean, so why the fuck does it matter? Well, it's like I said, everybody wants mean, intense hockey <laughs> until hockey gets mean and intense. You know? Yeah, it's like the old saying: everybody wants to be a gangster until it's time to do gangster shit. <laughs> it's the same yeah, thing. With the, yeah, and it's everybody like, loves tough hockey until tough hockey comes around. Yeah, well, until all of a sudden, the, yeah, someone gets knocked out in a fight, and all of a sudden, reality sets in that this could legitimately happen. And it's like, well, yeah, what did you think's been happening this whole time? Like, it's a fist fight. It's going to happen. Yeah. And it, so all of a sudden reality hits in and it's, oh, I don't really like this anymore. Oh, well, what did you think they were doing before? But I think I think people just watch so much shit. And I've been guilty of it too. I mean, not that I don't think fighting's real, but you know what I mean? You get desensitized to it because you watch so much shit. Then all of a sudden when it's all of a sudden crack, guy goes down. Oh, holy, and he's doing the chicken. It's like, holy shit. Okay, well, this, you know, yeah, that don't look good. But it's like, well, that's, you know, that's what's been going on this whole time. And it's just, you know, and I don't, you know, but I guess some people, it just hits them. And it's like, yeah, re- I don't know if they, it's almost like they think it's a video game or something. And it's like, uh, you know, well, I think it's been a lot of times, like, you know, all those years of Don Chair. Oh, two good guys, no one getting hurt. I don't know, they were getting yeah. hurt. They were getting hurt, you know, and it was like, and it right. hurts either your hand or your face. Like, you're getting punched in the face. It's not good, you know, at any time. But, uh, you know, and it's just, uh, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's legit. It's real shit. And it's like, that's why I've always had, like, so much respect for these guys. And it's like, because of the, they're doing, and like the guys we're going to talk about here, it's, well, at some point, if I keep yapping, but at some point, we're going to talk about these guys. But that's <laughs> like we've always said right. with, the, with the point of the show, right? Like, it was the respect factor for these guys to put their health on the line and go fight. Because most people, in any situation in life, it's a fight-or-flight response, and most people have a flight response. Not many people turn and face it, and it's like, and these guys do it. And like I always said, the the biggest thing, and I, you know, is, is the mental, like... Maybe not so much any, but it still happens now. But it's like I was gonna say, it's not probably not quite as prevalent. But no, like, yeah, but I mean, still, yeah. Well, you've interviewed guys and stuff. Like I mean, they know Anthony Collins is coming to town. 
they know Travis Howe's coming or Nuber yeah. or whatever. And it's like, that's got to be a sleepless night. And especially if something happened the game before or whatever. And it's like, you know, you got to fight him. Imagine that. So you're going to sit on a bus for 10 hours. You're going to think about it the whole way there. Now I got a oh, pregame nap. Oh, yeah, right. That ain't happening. You know, you're now right. in warm ups. And of course, he's eyeballing you in warm ups, telling you, yeah, we're going. What would that feel like? Like the mental anguish, the anxiety. You know, that's what I always related to for people that haven't gone through it or whatever. Like, I mean, I've never gone through it or whatever, but it's like in a hockey sense, but that's like in school, you know, at, at first recess or at, at 9 a.m., you would somebody get into it a little bit and you have some words and then they're like, yeah, three o'clock behind the swings, motherfucker. So that whole day, you're, yeah. what's your whole day like? It's awful. You're just, and you're dreading what's going to happen, you know, and it's like these guys live that shit. For six months, seven, eight months a year for however long their career is. They live that. I couldn't imagine what the mental, the never mind the physical, what the mental anguish would be like. Oh, yeah. And it's like when you, you talk to, or well, not talk to, but like you see um, uh, Ice Guardians or whatever. And you yeah. see like, like Scott Parker talked about it. And it's like, you know, you fight, even though you haven't gotten to the game yet you're already thinking about another guy three days ahead of time and you're fighting him in your head for like 400 fucking times. Right. Yeah. And come to find out you have all this anxiety and all this, you know, this, this, this pent up fucking emotion because you're ready. Well, the guy like Scott Parker, who loved to fight, he's fucking amped. He's ready to go. He's probably nervous as shit too, because he's been fighting this. He's been fighting George the rock in his head because the avalanche the Oilers are playing. So he's fought George the rock in his head 400 different times leading up to game time. One of them is scratched too. So then it's like, well, Okay, that one's over, but then it's immediately it's just on to the next one, and it's yep. like okay, well now Scott now Scott Parker he's moved on to you know fighting you know fucking Tony Twist or whatever, and I the the biggest thing I can compare it to, and it's just from personal experience with the military. So and I've talked about it before, folks know I I never saw combat. I never had to go to Iraq, Afghanistan or anything like that. The closest I ever came to was doing it was a warning order we got. And for what the, for those that don't know, a warning order is basically saying, "Hey, uh heads up, you're probably on standby for deployment." And we were supposed to go to Syria at the time. We were going to go over there shoot artillery in Syria. Um and at the time, you know, you get the warning order. You're you're so fucking amped. You're excited as shit. You're like, oh, okay, like this is it. We're going. So what we've been training for, this is what we signed up for. We're hyped, and you're all excited about it. And it's like with some of these fighters. Some of these fighters, they get excited. Some of these guys love to fight. Like you get a guy like Brian McGrath, he loves to fight. But at the same time, in the back of your head, these guys still know they can get knocked out. So you know, we were all amped to go to Syria, and we were all ready. But at the same time, you know, reality starts setting in, and then. You know, I'm there sitting there. It's a little bit different, obviously, but I was I, I had to write a will at the age of like fucking 21, <laughs> you know, yeah. never, something I never thought I'd have to do. But then the, like reality starts setting in like, oh, fuck, we can, you know, I, I just wrote a will. I, can, I might be able to get fucking hurt here. And in my head, even though we had about a, I think it was a week or no, it was probably about a month, a month of training for sure. And then when it got really close, because it came down to the wire, we were we got pulled like two days before we were supposed to go. Leading up to that, in my head, I 
me and you know I had already pictured like so many different scenarios, whether it's a firefight at the gun line, a firefight during a convoy. If I have to go into this fucking house and clear this room, I and I, like you start losing sleep. You start losing sleep over this. Um, and it starts, it's fucking nerve wracking to think about. And you want to go in with a great mindset because you got your buddies with you. You got your, you know, hockey, you got your teammates with you, you got your boys, but you're in a role where, you know, it's, you got to think about this shit. And so we had my buddies with me, but we're all of us are like, you know, it's basically all of us are enforcers at that point. Um, and so that's just the mental aspect. That's what I can relate it to. And that was just one time it happened to us. We never ended up getting deployed. These guys that did it, this is you know, they get done with one game, it's right on to the fucking next one. They're already thinking about the next fight. And so, like, to go through that over and over again, I couldn't imagine it because I was stressed as shit for a, a month and a half, you know, let alone doing this for an entire season over and over as a career. It's it, The mental aspect of this role of enforcing is so, like, crazy, and it's just it's a deep dive that people just don't understand. People just see the fights and think, oh, big dummy drop gloves and throws hands. It's, it's, there's so much more that goes into it. And it's just it's so it's such an underappreciated role that I still even to this day with all the information, all the knowledge we have out there on it, it's still just people just turn a blind eye to it and have no clue what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, so I'm sorry that was lengthy, but that's kind of like what that's, no, that's just true. what I think of. And that's what I yeah. related to. Yeah. And I mean, and to relate it now, I mean, OK, there's fight limits and maybe some of these teams don't have a guy and it's like, OK, maybe that's this is kind of a night off. I won't have to. You're still on your guard because you still got to play the role a little bit. But now you yeah. can play more bully. You know, if you want, you can start bullying teams a little bit if they don't have a guy or whatever. But it's like, again, you go back to the, like, well, the 90s or whatever, when every team, like you read that wheeling, imagine going into wheeling with all those guys sitting there. Like, you're not like, yeah, I'm not doing it tonight. Like, oh, yeah, you are. Cause yeah, you're not it, taking a night off. No, so it's like you decide who you want to fight because you're, you're fighting. That's just the way it is. And then it's like, oh, the next night and wherever, they got two guys. And it's like, it just doesn't, it wouldn't end back then. At least now, maybe you got some kind of relief a little bit, but it's like, even then, it's like, I'm not that I'm trying to downplay it's easier for guys now, but it's, well, kind of is, because I mean, well, not easier in the sense it's still mental, still physical. I guess just the sheer numbers makes it a little, right. a little more palatable, maybe, but I mean, it's still. But like, you know, like, like opening night with Jacksonville versus, uh, the, versus Florida, you're going to tell me right now, Travis Howe and Kyle Newber aren't thinking about each other the entire time. You know, they're playing that fight in their head 14 times before oh, yeah. they even bus you know yeah well and then now with the technology of course and everything else i mean now you can go on youtube and now you now you can watch the guy at least yeah. back in the 90s and stuff there was no footage so you didn't know like i mean you weren't sitting there watching well maybe if you were a fight tape guy or you knew a guy that could get you some footage and maybe you played some fights but overall you were kind of going into it blind, like, oh, I heard he's tough. I I heard he's tough and he's right-handed. That was basically the scouting report, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, now, I mean, you could watch, well, <laughs> I guess you can't really watch East Coast League footage, but any other, I guess you could watch him and you could watch <laughs> Newber OHL footage, I guess, you know, or some AHL stuff. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you right, can watch yeah. the footage of the guys unless it's the East Coast League. Then you can't. Then you're still going, the East Coast League's still 1996. You're still going into it blind. But, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so you, now you've watched this, this dude on YouTube and especially if he's like killing guys, then it's like, oh, wow, that's great. I get to fight him tomorrow night or he's coming for me tomorrow night. It's just like, yeah, the mental and physical toll. It's, uh, it is something that these guys take. 
And now, here's a word from our sponsor. It's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement every game with the touch of a button. New customers can bet $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Guys, I'd make, this Sunday, I'd look at the Lakers. I mean, you always got LeBron, right? And uh, Lakers' hottest team after the All-Star break. Kind of, they had to win to get in. They won their last game. They're up, they got the momentum going. I don't know. I would. Uh, I know they're about a three and a half point underdog right now to the Grizz, but uh, I think uh, I think that might be the the Lake Show might be something to look at there. So download the app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make five dollar pregame money line bet, score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code THPN. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Well, anyway, what it, I was going to say, we're like uh, almost an hour in, and we haven't, yeah, we've yet to discuss <laughs> the East Coast League. Um, yeah. Well, not that we're going to go that in depth and break down every roster or everything else, but just like, and I know uh, you have an episode coming up with our friend John that you you guys break down your Clash of the Coast tournament and the results and everything else. So I don't want to walk all over that because you're going to, and I'm pretty sure, obviously. We have similar listenership, so I'm sure whoever's listening, you know, we're going to listen so we don't have to chew our food twice. I won't make you do your episode on here, but um, uh, in terms of the East Coast League, uh, who are kind of the, um, well, I guess I'll get it right out of the way right here. If you had to do like a, like a top five kind of thing, who would your, uh, who, well, okay, I'm now I'm going to throw you on the spot. At this, who is your top five now at the end of the year, seeing what you've seen? And who is your top five at this? Like, was it, did it change at all? Like, your five going into the season and your five at the end of the season, did it change? Give or take? I mean, I'm not saying, oh, this guy's one and this guy's two, but just like the guys who were, who were there, are they still there? And was there any surprises? I would say I would say the kingpins of the league are still probably the kingpins of the league. I don't think it's changed and maybe their placement, like I wouldn't put Anthony Collins as high this year, and that's no knock to him or his fighting ability, it's just because he didn't have the number of fights. Yeah. That's another thing that plays into this is that it's with with the ECHL it's so division heavy because of course the budget's lower. They play a lot of the times it's just bus rides or plane rides within the division, so they're not travel the travel expenses are pushed down. So if you don't have, you know, you got an Anthony Collins in Kalamazoo, you might not have another another guy of that caliber in that division. Um, to me, the South Division was, I, well, I was I was a little bit more excited for it, and the as the when the year was, um, or excuse me, before the season started, because that was when Savannah was supposed to have Cade McNally, which that of course fell through, and yeah. uh, Nico was starting out in Florida, but then he ended up going to Savannah, which was still the South Division, so it was still good. But I would say probably like the top five in the league. Um, I would, oh, and that's another thing too. Is Travis House started the year in the coast, and then went to the AHL for the majority of the season, and then just we just got word. I say we like as if you know, like from a fucking news station, but just got word from the ECHL site tonight. Um, or I think it was actually the Jacksonville site that he's back with them for playoffs because he was up with the San Diego Goals. I would say since he's back in the league, I will say top five would probably be How Collins, Newber, Josh Thrower. And Darian Skio, 
the the one I'm probably missing, and I'm sure people out there are probably screaming the name, but is Garrett Klotz. And the only reason I don't have him in is just because, well, I want he's a legend. He's already. I don't think he has anything to prove. I don't think Garrett Klotz has to prove to anybody how tough he is. If you go through his fight card, it's unreal. Um, and the problem with him though is just he's just been he's been riddled by the injury bug. He's out in Rapid City. I just. For me with the ECHL right now, I just look at the guys who are more active and just Klotz just hasn't been as active because he's been injured and they're getting widely vet at this point. It's not like he's he doesn't have anything to prove, but I will say when he does fight, um he doesn't he doesn't lose. So he he does look good when he does fight. I think he only had one or two this year just because of injury. But I would say the top five are definitely how Collins, Newber, Thrower, and Skio probably in no particular order. Um, is all those guys are interchangeable? I, I guess maybe if I were to say the top dog would probably be Travis Howe, pro- probably. So I would say that's probably the top five. Um, and Travis Howe looked really good in the AHL this year too when he was up there. I don't think he lost a fight either. I was gonna say he did look really good in the uh, yeah, yeah. And it was uh, yeah. And I was gonna say like how much of an effect did it have not having him around in the East Coast League? So actually, what's funny is that is Jacksonville and Florida didn't play each other nearly as much this year. It seemed like it seemed like they played a lot more last year. And those were always like, those games were always good. Cause it, Jacksonville, they lost a lot of their toughness. They brought in, I think it was Sean Leonard, the Leonard boys. They're Steve and Sean. I can't remember which one was, which, uh, which team. Cause one of them went to Iowa. The other one went to Jacksonville and those guys are definitely willing guys, but there's, it's not like the caliber of Travis Howe. And from what I can tell, I mean, the Jacksonville fan page, um, they were saying their team was getting bullied around. And so all of them are pumped to have Howe back in the playoffs. So I hope it works out for them. But in terms of like the Jacksonville Iceman this year, I think they got pushed around quite a bit because Travis Howe isn't there. Travis Howe, does he really, he, I don't even think you need to have him on the ice. Just like the old saying with, uh, who was, I think Brett Hole or whatever, or Ch- or Kelly Chase said he could put a cardboard cut out of Tony Twist on the bench and the other team will be honest the entire time. I think it's the same way with Howe at this point because Howe, I mean, really, the only ones giving him a run for a, mo- a run for his money are the t- are the other four I mentioned in the top five there, um, but they they didn't have McKinnon this year either, who's another very I would say middle to heavyweight, um, very tough dude. Tim and Howe fought in the AHL, but they actually the first fight they had Howe fell down immediately, and so it was kind of a wash. Which again that sucks, because then like we said that guy's now char- <laughs> got charged with the fight. So both of them got charged with the fight there, but. Uh, how ended up giving it to McKinnon, and normally How is not one to show restraint in a fight because he How is one of those guys I love it because he fights to win. He's he's not fighting to he's not fighting to not lose. He's fighting to win, and he ended up showing restraint on McKinnon because they were teammates in Jacksonville or whatever. So um, there was that. But I would say overall uh, Jacksonville, and as mm, it's, it's funny as weird as it sounds because I know. S- the South Carolina Stingrays were up there in fight totals for the year in the league, but I don't. I think they get bullied around pretty good too. Um, but you can definitely tell the teams that didn't take shit, and that was like Atlanta and Savannah really didn't take shit at all this year. I noticed Florida because Florida was down to Kyle Newber pretty much, and uh, eh, I think Florida got bullied quite a bit this year, in my personal opinion, just from what I was watching. So I think it's still it, it's you can still tell it plays a factor into the game for sure. One guy I wanted to I wanted to throw around I, I saw his name and it was uh um and you didn't mention him was uh Maggio Daniel Maggio yes so Maggio and for those who don't know that is a guy who actually KO'd Brian McGratton in the AHL he was yeah. the one that I mean and that just like wobbled I mean McGratton was out cold like just out on the ice um. 
he didn't the fights he had this year he was pretty solid i just don't think he had the volume or he didn't fight like the the kind of competitor i won't say competitors but like you know the 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 higher caliber players but that just goes to the division he's in which actually that's that division itself because that's the central division as i'm thinking about it off the top of my head they don't have necessarily the heavies rolling around there they got a guy they got sean allen um and uh anthony collins but they they're more so those are really more so like team tough teams if that makes sense like all those guys are more like those teams had no issues dropping the gloves and just getting into a brawl but they never really had that designated tough guy like a collins or a maggio or like an allen and those were, were the kind of really the big three in that division and none of them really matched up this year at all actually none of them really fought each other so it's just one of those things that just kind of worked just for this year it kind of worked out funny. Like I thought last year the fight quality was a little bit better in the league, but it's just it all it's also schedule dependent in the East Coast League. So one year it could be down, the next year we could get, you know, great fights. Like this year we never really had that that main event center ice fight like we got like Travis Howe versus Kyle Newmer three times last year. Or I think actually four. Um or uh, you know, Skio versus Allen like last year. They actually fought, but they didn't fight it at all this year because they're now now they're in separate divisions. So it's it's so hit or miss i think and it's not a it's not a slight to the guys it's just a scheduling issue or you know just when the time is right to fight because again this is the it's a 10 fight rule so then they gotta kind of pick their spots so um but dan maggio yeah definitely a tough dude for fort wayne i think they're gonna try to bring him back next season too but we'll see but yeah i'm down with maggio yeah no i noticed his i'm like i yeah i noticed his name and it was like you know i know that guy um yeah yeah, it's interesting, you know, like you said, with, with the fight limits and everything else, it's, uh, like, I wonder how that affects, uh, well, you just answered it, but it was just like, yeah, it kind of affects the, you know, the heavyweight fight, because, I mean, God forbid we have one of those staged fights, you know, with, with the <laughs> yeah. heavyweights, but, you know, the one that everybody wants to see, but it was, like you said, it was just kind of odd that it's just, well, not odd, but I mean, almost wonder it's it, i mean that's how hockey's changed too and i mean and again it can be argued if that's good or bad or whatever but it's like pretty much back in the day the heavyweights were going to fight the heavyweights like it was like let's yeah. we're going to see who's who here we're going to you know a top dog and you know and now and like you said this year it just didn't seem to happen yeah and uh, it was like and you could tell when the fight limit came into effect, too. And you look at a guy like Nico Blatchman. When he got to Norfolk, he was – I think it was when he was at nine fights because Nico now has 11 on the year. But it was when he had nine fights. And it was actually Ordabody. Uh, it was funny, two former guests of the show. And Ordabody, when he, it was when he went to Worcester with the Railers. And they ended up – they're the same division as Norfolk. And that's what was funny. I was like, oh, fuck, Nico's going to Norfolk. I, mean, I said, man, you could score some goals there. Because there's that division is just it's just a softer division. Now they have like Yannick Turcott, but how often is Adirondack coming down to Norfolk? It's really not too often. Um, that's another tough dude. Turcott's just right. I'd probably put him in the top ten as well. And I think Joe's actually had him on the show. Yep. Over at Coliseum Chronicles. Yep. Um, but it was a direct product because Ordabody was trying to go Blashman and Nico at the time was right at nine fights and he's like he's I can't go. Um, and Ordabody gets a jump on them, and it's just it's like so now that that's what you've done. Players can't defend themselves anymore yep. because of this ten fight rule. So it's it's still a rough and tumble league, but then it's like it, it's having an identity crisis. It's almost like it doesn't know what it wants to do. It wants it's the marketing for tough hockey is still there, but then they want to put in the fight limit and you know this other stuff or the the two the extra two minutes for removing your helmet. Um, 
And so, like, you could see order body jumps in him, and Nico doesn't do anything. He's, he's like, I, I can't do anything. Or the same thing when like, I remember when he was in Savannah and a team, I think it was versus Atlanta. They actually, the Savannah and Atlanta games were really fun to watch this year. Those were, those got pretty rough, and those were fun to fun to watch. Those were in, some intense hockey. But same thing, Nico's at, I think, eight or nine fights, and somebody in Atlanta is getting stupid. The game's out of hand because Savannah wasn't doing good at the time. And the game was already like, you know, way out of hand, but Nico's just kind of roughing the guy up and he can't drop the gloves to them. Cause then, you know, he's going to get charged with the fight and then he's one step closer to the 10 fight limit. So you see how you can definitely see how it handcuffs guys, which sucks. Yeah. And, it, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's just interesting how, yeah, how things have changed and yeah. Um, well, like looking at the fight list, the one, uh, you know, like you said, it, obviously you were throwing out the names of the big boys, but uh, the actually the league leader with 13 was Justin Knockbauer. Yes, guy. Justin Knockbauer of Greenville. And it was funny. I, I, it was just the other day. I think it was when I was talking with John right before. I think it was before we did our episode. I said, holy shit, look at Knockbauer coming. And I mean, he was because he had just gotten suspended again because after for for those that don't know, when you hit the 10th fight, it's a suspension for a game. And then I think once you get to, I think it's 12 or 14, it goes from a game to two games at that point and whatever. Um, but he had just gotten into like his, his like last fight. And I was like, holy shit. And he got suspended for two games for it. And I was like, you know, where is this coming from? Cause he was in the league like all year last year. And I think he only had like two or three fights. Yeah. And then this year just turned it on. And I was like, holy shit. And I mean, I'm loving it. So I don't think he's quite there yet to where I can put him in the same, you know, category as a Travis Howard, Anthony Collins. But I mean, fuck, he's a big dude. He can get there for sure. And if there's a division to do it in, it's the South division. Well, and it's so funny. Like you go back and you look at his things like, he came out of the Western Hockey League. He didn't fight in junior either. No. Like the one year no. he had one fight. The next year he had three, three, and five. So it wasn't like always. And the Western Hockey League is the one junior league that doesn't have a fight limit rule. So, yeah. I mean, not that it's 1986 in the Western League anymore. But, I mean, guys will, you know, there was a bunch of guys with 10 and 11 fights. Like it was, you know. So for him to have one, one, and three, and all of a sudden now all of a sudden he leads the East Coast League. It's like, like you said, last year he had two. And then this year he has 13. So I don't know if someone got in his ear and was like, listen. But at the same time, you go and look at his thing. Well, he played, he had the call with the Ontario Reign. And I mean, you know, people could say whatever they want, but it's like, you know, so you got to, you got to make a name for yourself somehow. Get yeah, get on exactly. the score sheet somehow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the thing with Knockbauer though is I did, he just hasn't quite fought the caliber of guys. But I'm I hope he continues to go on and 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 fight out there. And which by the way, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, tremendous tremendous hockey league name or hockey yep. uh, team name. And it's funny because if you actually you know it's total sidetrack here now that we're on the um, topic of the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, but their color commentator is like most thick Southern care like South Carolina accent. And sounds like he's like like this happens to be a side gig he found into like this man was tailor made for like the dirt track Friday night races out in South Carolina, and it's just like tremendous broadcasting. He's so, he's so biased for the Swamp Rabbits, but like I, I make an exception. I'm like I fucking love this. Like just minor pro hockey with a thick Southern accent. It's tremendous, just tremendous. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's one of those things. I mean, even with all my old fight DVDs and stuff. Oh, what DVD is it now? Well, I blew that bit. Uh, yeah, I had a story, and now I just completely forgot what it was. Who? What the hell? Oh, Knoxville. I have a Knoxville Speed 
DVD from like 19, Jeremy Thompson's playing on it. It's like 1997 or 1998. Yeah. Oh, and they had, oh, if you, for people that want to know what I'm talking about, go to my YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice, type in Jeremy Thompson, UHL, and it's, go click on it. You'll listen to the announcers. Oh, yeah. It's like they went and found two Billy, you know, you know, Billy two, Jim and Billy Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they put the hooch down and get, get in the broadcast booth and do this game. And oh yeah, they're just, it's right out of, yeah, just backwoods hill. And I'm just like, oh yeah, like these guys should be doing the dirt track races on, on Friday night, but we're going to stick, the, the races ain't happening. So we're going to put them on the, well, well, in the off season, we're going to put them in the hockey rink and, uh, yeah, tremendous. Oh yeah, that's exact. That's and, exactly and, and you know, they're just loving it too. Like. Oh yeah, like the first, it was funny because when this is going to sound bad, but the last year the away com, like Florida's home commentator Mike Kelly is actually a really good commentator and is actually pretty not really biased towards Florida. He calls it like it is, and I, I've actually really enjoyed his commentary. But the away announcer for Florida, it was a different guy, and um, I don't mean to be rude. I'm not a commentator, so I don't know how it is, but it was fucking brutal, um, and so. It was the first game they were playing against Greenville because we're new to the league, so we didn't know what was going on. We're new to Flow Sports, so I turned it on. I'm like, all right, well, I can't listen to this because I'm gonna fall asleep listening to the other guy. So I was like, well, let's just see how Greenville is. And then all of a sudden, you just hear the the, the play by play guy doesn't have a southern accent. It's the it's the color commentary guy, and then like you know, Newber starts bullying him, and he's just oh. You just get the heck out of here, Nuber. Just go back. You don't need to be out here on the ice like that. Like, you don't need to be doing that to the rabbits. It's just, like, stuff like that. Like, it just sounds straight out of, like, Michael Waltrip from fucking NASCAR. And I was like, this is this is fucking phenomenal. Like, I found my niche. This, I think it was at that moment I was like, yep, I'm, I'm going to like this league. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was just, oh, yeah. I remember just listening to it. And it's like, well, like I said, you're so used to, like, NHL guys and stuff like that or TSN or Sportsnet. And it's like, you know, not that those guys don't suck too, but I mean, you know, now and again, but not like, this is a whole different level. Like, or it just, like you said, just recon, just confirms minor league sports. And it's just like, oh, this is great. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent, man. Yeah. In one name, like I said, I'm kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, and folks, I'm going to be the first to admit, like when I'm bouncing around, like I said, at the start here, I'm going to have Alec on talk about the East Coast League. I mean, I know some of these guys and some of the names and stuff, but overall I'm like completely in the dark here on a lot of this stuff. But one guy I wanted to ask about, because I know he made a bit of noise back in the day was Patrick McGrath. Oh, um, who was it? On. Mike McKee. I don't know. Did you ever watch Mike McKee? Oh, hold yeah. on. Are you still there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I, I lost you for a sec, but okay, hold on. Oh. I gotta write it down. I gotta write my thing down. Oh, hold on. All right, we're back at it. Yeah, I had a I had a bit of a, a audio issue, so we'll. Uh, well, I was asking about Patrick McGrath. Yeah, and I was we were just kind of talking. Yeah, he was the cat that uh, I remember him in in Wheeling and in Wilkesbury making a bit of a name there back in uh, you know kind of 2013, 2014. Like I said, as I, as I'm kind of going through the league, I'm I'm kind of getting. Uh, Surprised, or not surprised, but just kind of some of the names that have popped up. I was like, he's playing there? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think he was still around, but like Maggio being one of them and stuff. But, um, yeah. But, uh, well, and like we, and we talked earlier, and I, I, of course, being in Saskatoon, I watched him play junior and and everything else. And I know he's got obviously the injury bug and everything else, but, uh, 
Big Garrett Klotz, what, uh, yeah, tough, another tough season injury wise. Yeah, unfortunately, Klotz, I think it's just, he's just getting up there with age, maybe, and he's just getting injured. But every time he fights, he just dom like, it's just not even close. He just dominates. I don't think he's had a close fight since, um, Oh, man, maybe since like the 1918 or excuse me, 1819 season or like 19. Well, I don't even know if they had the 1920 because that have been the COVID year. And I know like three quarters of the league fucking shut down for that. Um, but Klotz always looks good, man. He always delivers. And he's he's mean, too. He doesn't give a shit. Even even to this day, he still does not give a shit. Um, I think he he fought twice this year. I think off the top of my head, I know for sure he fought Kelly Bent. And Kelly Bent's a guy, not a big guy, but he's certainly willing. And he just didn't. I mean, it's, it's Garrett Klotz. So you're not going to, I'm sorry, you're just not going to win against Garrett Klotz. Um, you get a guy like that. And that's where you start to see that. And I think this is where you really start to see the, the, style and player the generation gap for different play like you see a guy like Klotz and what he did in junior the AHL and he's been in the ECHL forever doing the role and you get a guy coming out of junior now and you yeah. think you know oh he's got you know seven fights oh he fights a lot well <laughs> fuck seven fights that was training camp for Garrett Klotz circa yeah. you know 2006 or whatever so it's just that's where you really you really start to see the difference between the old breed and the new breed and it's the same thing with Kyle Newber. like he fought Chris Ordebody this year and I love Chris Ordebody too very willing guy super cool guy um had him on the show he sent me a fucking uh, Worcester Railers hat suit Definitely didn't have to, so I appreciate that. But you look at him, he fought Kyle Newber twice this year. He actually did pretty well in round one. But you could see round two where you could just tell. And I think in round two it helped that Newber was pissed off as well. Newber's a guy who I think I always think he, as much as I enjoy him, I think he always fights better when he's actually angry. Um, and something happened with Orlando. It was, Of course, it was the one game I, I me and my wife went out for like dinner. And I'd, I'd missed it. So I didn't get to see like the shenanigans that led up. But everybody had said, I think somebody on the Solar Bears did something and they didn't own up to it. And so Nuber went out and just fought order body. And you could just tell how Nuber was able to just dominate the fight and take it over. And again, it's the same thing. Order body's a willing guy, but has, he's, a, you know, I just posted today and you talked about it. You look back at Kyle Newber, he's been doing this for like versus like Luke Gazdick back in juniors in 2006. So you don't get any order bodies, not fighting the, the Gazdicks coming up from, from junior. It's just, it's just not a thing anymore. So you definitely get to see, I, I think the top dogs will still remain the top dogs until they're pretty much out of the league. Cause it's just the, 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 the gap is just so big there between their pedigree compared to other guys. Well, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's a topic that I brought up before on the show and, it, and it's like yeah when you see this gap that's coming with you have guys now that have coming well, except for the western league but even then they don't really fight that much well they still yeah more in the other leagues but you have with the quebec league and the ohl with their fight limits you have these guys that are coming out of junior or they played junior a where they didn't really fight at all and they played college and now they're coming into the pro game with maybe one or two fights in their life and they're bigger guys and they play physical and they get matched up, and it's it's all well and good when you're going to fight a Justin Knockbauer or whatever, a guy like that that's similar to you and whatever. But all of a sudden, you start playing physical, and you get a Nuber or a Skio or a Glotz or Colin or these guys that are old and they've been around. That's when bad shit can happen, and it's like yeah, and it's the same thing in the NHL. Oh, you have these young guys coming up, and oh, they're tough. And they're going to fight Reeves or they're going to fight Lucic or, you know, and it's like some bad shit's going to happen because these guys, they, they're not, they've never fought anyone like these guys. 
even if they fought a couple times in junior last year, you're not fighting guys that like Newber. Like like you said, Kyle Newber is in, in the OHL and he's fighting Anthony Peluso and Luke Gazdick and like legit killers that went yeah. on and played the enforcer role. These guys are just fighting other guys that I said they'll fight, but they're not fighters. There's yep, a difference. Exactly. There's a difference, and you're and it's that. And until these old like. It, for those, we'll use the NHL as an example. Until the Reeves and the Lucic's and the Tom Wilson, you can whatever you want about Tom Wilson, but until those guys are gone, there's that risk that something bad is going to happen. And I know Montreal, everybody loves oh Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. Everybody likes this Wi-Fi guy. He had four. He had four fights in his life before he came to the NHL. Yep. You you really think he's beaten Lucic? No. Maybe tackle him. You might out punch him once or twice, you know. But I mean, overall, he's never fought Colt Nor and Fraser McLaren and <clears throat> all the, you know, England and all these guys. So it's like, yeah. So you just see this to go back to the East Coast League. Yeah, you got these younger guys that are coming up, but they just don't have they just haven't made the bones yet, like the older guys that are still around. And it's like, you know. But they, they're trying to make a name because how do you make a name? Well, I'm going to fight Garrett Klotz because he's the baddest dude or Collins or Newber. Like, I mean, I get why they're going to fight these guys because they have to. But it's like, you know, I, I just hope something bad doesn't happen to one of these kids because, you know. Yeah. Well, a, a prime example of it also was this year, and it was actually Austin Crosley. Austin Crosley, very tough kid coming out of junior um, he had an, I don't, I'm trying to think if he had that many fights while he was actually in junior. Um, but I know last year was, his, it was his rookie year and he had quite a bit. He had, I think 11 fights just last season. Um, look at, yeah, he had a D they had 13 fights, five fights, six fights. Um, well, coming out then, of the Western league with no fight limits yep, coming out of the Western league. All right. Yeah. But the problem is, even though this is the Western league circuit 2016, yeah. so it's, this is, you know, a little bit different then. He fights Travis Howe this year, and the skill gap there in that fight is it's put on display to the T. And you could, like, and there's no disrespect to Crosby, but I don't even think he got a punch off at Travis Howe. And he, I mean, he gets out of the fight, and Austin Crosby's visors were just red. Um, I give Crosby all the all the credit in the world because he he didn't go down. But if you go back, and I, I, the fight should be on my YouTube channel, just look up Travis Howe versus Austin Crosby. Tell me which one has been making his bones fighting over a few years than as opposed to a guy who's kind of come up doing it here and there. And Austin Crosby did a lot last year, but again, this is the same thing. That extra caliber, that that extra step, it's it's a lot bigger step than people think it is. And that's when it gets dangerous. Yeah, and it's and like you said, right? It's one of those things, yeah, you fought, but who are you fighting too? Yeah. Like you're fighting guys that like you have not really fought. So and again, and Nico, I think, realized that too because he fought he fought quite a bit in the QMJHL. This is before the, uh, you know, the the whole band thing happened. But you look at him, and you know, I think Travis Howe humbled him real quick last year, and he he knew, and he's like, well, fuck, I got got to do my homework next time. And uh, you know, he fought a guy like Josh Thrower. Josh Thrower TKO'd him this year, and Nico did well in round one, but this was round two with them. And it's like, you know, Josh Thrower, I think, just took notes and just knew what to do at the time because it's Josh Thrower, and that was that's one of like him and Skio are probably the last guys coming out of the dub that really like you know kind of put it on on display because Josh Thrower was still a later guy in the dub, but still definitely a tough dude. Um, 
but I think you can still see the gap even there with a guy like Blatchman, as much as willing as Nico is, and he also doesn't have the size that you know Travis Howe does. But at the same time, it's like that's who we're. That's the difference of uh, of fighting here, because it's like you know Domi didn't have the size on guys back in the day, but Domi was came out of the OHL fighting, so he knew what to do against guys like Probert and you know Brashear or whatever the case is. So he wasn't getting completely knocked out or anything like that. So it just it, it's it's always going to well, I shouldn't say it's always going to be there. It's there in hockey now. We're really starting to see that transition of the old breed to the new breed and the difference of calibers of fighters, I think. It, it's the, the best way to see it is actually probably in the minor pro leagues, like the AHL or the ECHL, because you look at a guy like Gallant, too, like Alex Gallant up in the up in the AHL or Brett Gallant. Um, have they lost a fight in the past, like, three years? Oh. Probably not, because no nobody's coming up doing what they did. Fuck, Alex, Alex came up through the SPHL. I, I don't know if Brett did, but I know Alex came up through the SP. Um Yep. fighting anybody and everybody. So it's like you, we're this is that we're in that time now where we're starting to see kind of the changing of the guard, but it's like, you know, these don't 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 call that guy, you know, the old geezer who doesn't know what he's doing, you know, this old fucking floor you real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's like that yeah, you're right in that middle of that transition period. And it's yep. like, you know, there's going to be another 2-3 year window and then it should be all turned over by then, you know, the Galants will be well, Alex might still be around, but Brad will be retired and Galants will be retired and you know, whatever, and Collins and them will be on, but Newber and stuff. But it's like, yeah, it'll be uh, until that period, you know, we could uh, could see some ugliness. But, um, well, I'm not going to keep you for too Well, we yapped for a long time here, and I mean, you know, <laughs> we can only go around. We talked about who the tough guys were and everything else. Um, the one name I just kind of got to throw out because we haven't mentioned him yet, but, of course, you had your big Clash of the Coast tournament where it was the 32 guys and the voted on. And, like I said, you're going to review that with John here on your episode, so I won't go into the whole thing. But, well, I mean, it's no secret the people listening to it probably voted on, so they know who won anyway. But it's like Sean Allen. I mean, he was uh, fourth in the league in fights with nine. Uh, what, what did you see out of him this season? So I love Sean Allen, man. He's a dude, and like he's one of those guys that he'll fight, and he's he's definitely got some size. I want to say Sean Allen, he might be six four, six five. Because um, I know when he went he went toe to toe with Skio last season, and they looked pretty similar in builds. And Skio's another big dude, um, and that's actually ironically enough they fought last year, and then that was that was who ended up in the finals was it was Darian Skio versus Sean Allen, and Sean Allen ended up winning by all fourteen votes. It was like the tightest fucking poll ever. But Sean Allen, man, I love him out in Cincinnati, and um, he's definitely he's a willing guy. He'll stand in there and throw, and he stood in there with Darian Skio uh, last year. I'm trying to think off the top of my head who else he fought. He had another really good one. It was last year. I thought last year was a better year for him in terms of fights, but this year was still pretty good too. Um, and he's one of those guys too, like afterwards of the fights, he'll hype up the crowd. Like everybody in Cincinnati loves him. He, the, the amount of support that Cincinnati uh, came out and showed for Sean Allen during the tournament. And it's, it's, it's funny. You could almost see like in the tournament as the time, as you know, the tournament goes on more and more fans start hearing about it and voting for it. And everybody loves Sean Allen in Cincinnati. So it's good to see that folks still love the tough guy out there too. Was it Dawson, I mean, they have, was I it Dawson they, they Butt have, that he fought? Yes. Yeah, that's who it was. It was Dawson Butt. Yeah. Dawson Butt, yeah, and well, you interviewed his old man. I did, yeah, very, yeah, Jamie, <laughs> very, very, uh, very tough cat in the uh, in the West, undersized, but but uh, but very tough in the uh, in the in the Western Hockey League back in the day. Why? Well, I'm just kind of looking up Dawson real quick. He didn't play this year. 
No, he didn't. I'm not sure what where he went this year. If he did, he just not play at all. No, like, or did he go to Europe? Oh, I know no, not no at clue. all. So I, maybe he went back to school. I mean, because he played uh, you know a bunch of the years in the Western Hockey League. So I don't know. Maybe he's using his school shit and you know played his year of pro. Said he did it and moved on. I don't know. Uh, I remember Dawson, and he would use the Rick Rippin, like the 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 putting the hand up and trying yeah. to block. Yeah, he's an undersized dude, but yeah, he was willing. I love Dawson, but yeah, that was one of the. Um, I think John showed me him early on because he was with Allen. It was him and Skio last year, so that was kind of like you know, if you want to play fuck around, there's Dawson, but but if you really want to play fuck around, you got Darius Skio too. So that was a good one-two combo out there in Allen last season. Well, and Skio has been interesting too because, of course, you know, tough guy in the Western League probably won most of his. Well, I think he's won every fight that I ever saw him in the Western League. But, uh, but then he went to school, so you know he played Canadian yeah. college hockey. And of course, there's no fighting in Canadian college hockey. Although uh, teammates with Dakota Dodgers and uh, you know those two <laughs> characters, they still did manage to get into a fight in June in college hockey. But of course. Uh, and then, but it was interesting. I remember, and then he came out and he was playing in the East Coast League. And I remember, uh, obviously, I haven't had him on the show to ask him, but I was going to, you know, I don't want to say the first couple of fights he got in, he was rusty. But I mean, when you haven't done it for a couple of years, uh, you know, you're gonna you got to get your, uh, you know, your your sea legs back. But uh, it looks like he's uh, he's got them back uh, in a hundred percent form now. How did uh, how has he looked overall? Oh, Skio's looked great this year. Um, and it's funny. I've seen people try to say he's a spot picker. I'm like, fuck, Skio, if all people. He, he was. If there's going to be a person that's going to get suspended for a while, I mean, hell, he, I forget what happened in the Savannah game, but he jumped off the bench the, the other night and got a two-game sussy for it, um, coming off the bench to go fight somebody or get at somebody. Actually, ironically, nothing ever even ended up fighting, so I was actually surprised he still got suspended. Um but he's a dude that's kind of, like, like I said, he's one of the very, very few that kind of came out of junior still prime because I think this is his third season in the ECHL, yep. third or fourth. Because I know he start is it his third? Yep. Because he started out in Indy, correct? Uh, yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so I didn't see him when he was out in Indy, but that was when I think John had watched him because, of course, you know, John. John's the campaign manager for the Skio Clash of the Clan or Clash of the Clan, Clash of the Coast uh, tournament campaign manager there. Um, yeah, he so, started. Yeah, he's, he's kind of started in Indy and then went, got traded to Allen. And then went to Allen, yep. Okay, so I'm trying to make sure I didn't, I'm not missing too much of Skio's career. So I saw, I saw the majority of his ECHL career so far because he was in, you know, Allen last year and I saw that. But yeah, he's a dude that's, you know, come up big dude. Uh, I think he's mm-hmm. like 6'6", six, six. and he had actually a really – he had a really good fight with a guy named Garrett Cockrell this year, and that was out in – I think it was in Savannah. But on all nights, you can look it up on YouTube because I, th- I I have it up on there. Um, and it was the Dumb and Dumber night. So they got the the bright one, – one, one team's wearing the bright orange suit. The other team's wearing the like the baby blue suit or whatever. Uh, you know, jerseys, of course. You know, I say suit loosely. But, oh, yeah, it's dumb and dumber night. And they're going out there and throwing down peak minor pro hockey. And Skio uh, ends up getting the dub against Cockrell. I'm trying to think of anybody – it was funny because that was the one thing I, I told John. I said, man, I, I really hope we get to see Skio take on Newber because I was like, that's – that's a you know marquee matchup. He actually did very well against a um, a Travis Howe in the preseason too. They fought in preseason. That fight's on YouTube. They go toe to toe. I'd still I'd probably say Howe won the fight, but you know Skia wasn't getting picked off of the ice by the you know medical team or anything. Um, 
yeah, I'm trying to see this year. Yeah, I just is it for whatever reason it was again. This was just a weird year where there was never really that marquee matchup. Like him and him and Cockrell, I think dropped the buckets at center ice. So that was a that was probably his best fight of the year in terms of like entertainment value. Everything else, I mean, he mostly just kind of you know dummied the guys, and he it's not that he didn't do bad or anything, but there just wasn't like that Travis Howe versus Skia rematch because of course Howe went to the AHL, and that really put a damper on things because I think Howe. How is like the measuring stick? So all these tough guys still want to fight him, and like even in the preseason, Skio dropped the gloves of Travis Howe, and even after all this time, Newber and Howe fought at the beginning of the year. So I think that put a damper on things in the South Division, which sucks. But overall, I'd say Darren Skio still did very well, and I'd still put him as one of the top dogs in the league too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it uh, yeah, it's always interesting, right? Well, I mean, all the playoffs are going on or whatever, but. Always with the minors, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen next year, right? You don't know if, uh, yeah. you know, it's not like all oh, these, you know, if it's an NHL guy, he's got a five-year deal making five million a year. I mean, you know he's coming back next year, right? Well, when yeah. it comes to the minors, you never know. I mean, do these guys just, uh, you know, they have enough or, you know, they get a good job back home and maybe, you know, or go to Europe or wherever it may be. So you never know what uh, what's in store from year to year. Um, cause like you even said, right, just the year previous, you know, 21, 22 was probably a stronger year fight wise than this year was. Yep. You know, or yeah, at least better fights like, or whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Well you had, and then I think this year they, I was like, I, if you would have told me Travis, Howe was getting caught up for like over 20 games in the AHL this year, I'd have told you you're fucking crazy. Cause like I said, I want to say he was on a one way contract in the, in the, in the coast because, um, Jacksonville's farm club or their parent club is the Hartford Wolfpack and he went to the San Diego goals. Uh, so I don't think, you know, I think he was loaned there. I don't think cause he was on a one way contract. He had to be there. Um, so it just, it, it all depends. And he had Matthew Gagnon go over to Nottingham, uh, Cole Frazier and Toledo went over, went to go play overseas. Stefan Fournier, who's fighting his down a bit over the years, but he went over to play in Cardiff, um, in, in Europe this year and ended up coming back. So it, it's, it all depends. It's like, it, it varies between years, especially now. It's not like, you know, the nineties where, Oh, this tough guy wanted to leave. Okay. Well, let's get the Rolodex out. We have, you know, 50 others on standby. You know, if a tough guy leaves, it's like, Oh, well, you know, they probably just lost your toughness for the year unless you make a trade. So, yeah. um, it's, it all depends. And this year it wasn't a bad year at all. There were still some great fights. We had the double knockout, uh, with uh, Yemen's and Balance. You had, uh, Nico Blatchman had a really good one with Sean Golka. That one was one of the best of the year. And actually Michael Robidoux, who's a very polarizing figure, got the suspension at the beginning of the year. Had a really good fight with um, with that, Walker of Idaho. That fan totally deserved it for Robidoux. I don't blame him. Should have hit him. Oh harder. yeah, yeah. I think so too. I think and I think the league, from what I heard from I so, you know some insider, how true it is, I don't know. I think, the, but the league, I don't think is a big fan of Robidoux because he's he's kind of a pest. He's a shit starter for sure. I wouldn't necessarily call him an enforcer. He's more so like a. Um, like kind of like a Barnaby, he'll fight, but he's definitely not like an enforcer. He's just there to really start shit. But I think the league wanted to come down harder on him. But they, at the same time, they saw the footage and the they were like, well, you know, the fan kind of asked for it a little bit. So we, we, I think they really wanted to give him like twenty games or something. But he only ended up getting I think twelve or some something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, I think the fan deserved it too. <laughs> yeah. No, I, like, I, I have no sympathy for any for any idiot that's gonna hang out and yell over hang over the rails and yell at shit and start shit. And it's like, sit down. Yeah. Like you're, exactly. a goof, you know, so, but, uh, well, man, that, uh, you know, the, you know, we'll see what happens with the East coast league and, uh, 
you know, with the with the fall next year in the spring in the fall. I get in the spring, yeah, in the fall. And uh, like I said, every year is a little different, right? And you never know. And uh, you know, and especially in the, as we say with minor league hockey, it's such a it's a so, so nomadic, right? I mean, you know, guys come and go, and uh, you know, and it'll be interesting. Like I mean, you know, with Gagnon, the way he bounces around, I mean. I mean, I don't. Did he even fight Nottingham? I think he had won or something in Nottingham. I, I think he, fighting's I think pretty had... much become non-existent in the UK. So it's like, I mean, I don't oh, know. It's crazy. I mean, is he going to be back in Trois Rivières next year? I mean, that'd be something. Imagine if he showed up. Yeah. Well, well, fuck. When he he was there, he was like the fucking boogeyman. I don't think he lost a fight when he was in Three Rivers last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he had like all of two fights in the yeah. UK this year. It's so funny to see, and this is from the same league that had Brian McGrath and Cam Jansen out in Nottingham, yeah. like you know, six years ago. Yeah, Zach Fitzgerald and all those guys. Yeah, and they, now it's like, yeah, Gagnon just can't buy a fight, right? And it's just like, yeah, well, oh, even back in the day, you go to like Cairns and Engelstad fucking throwing down over there too. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking off air. I said, you know, I said, shit, one of these East Coast League teams. I said, if you gotta. If you had a, it's too bad it wasn't like back in the day. If you had a couple tough guy, if you had a tough guy coming into town and you didn't have anybody, I said put the phone call and get Daniel Amesbury up from Danbury. Let's uh, let's see it. Throw him in the East Coast League for a road trip one weekend. That'd be pretty fun because you know if he'd I go, was a, you know he'd go for oh, it. Yeah. If I was a bottom feeder team and I knew I wasn't making playoffs, oh. Amesbury, you're on the next fucking bus over here. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, if you knew like Blatchwood of these guys were coming into town on the weekend. I would be running promo videos of diamond hands all over the place. And yeah, cause I don't think you'd have to tell him twice to fight Blatchwood. I don't think Nico would need to be talked into it. And, uh, no, yeah. I don't think there'd be much convincing. Yeah. No. I think if, if Norfolk, I hope Norfolk keeps Nico next year. One, because I think he's, he's doing well. He's found his stride there, I think, in terms of, you know, contributing on the score sheet as well. But two, the selfishness in me to just go see a game there, but they got to do like a, you know, I, I've always wondered why, and I don't know why Florida hasn't done it, because actually this year Florida, uh, or excuse me, this year Kyle Newber became the all-time penalty minute leader for the Florida Everblades. And he's actually got like 700-something. It's actually kind of a, actually way higher than I would have expected. Um, but I don't know why they haven't done a Kyle Newber bobblehead night, or next year they got to do like a Nico Blashman bobblehead night. Like it, That would just be like, it'd just be like hotcakes. It would sell so fast. Oh, yeah. like, well, I don't know why. Never mind bobblehead. Get the bobble fists. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, like the old uh, fuck. I think I got the old Bombi one hanging up there somewhere. Yeah, the old fight, you got the fist that shake with the springs on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, why? I don't. We should be in a marketing department. Why do they not do this stuff? I don't understand. Like you said, you got Nuber's jersey going for more than anybody's. Why would you not have a? Why have they not done a bobblehead of him to begin with anyway? Yeah. Oh, and he's got a tooth missing too. Get him with the tooth missing yeah. smile. It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. I don't know. Oh, I, 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 and Nico I don't is know. so animated after fights. You could put yeah. him in any pose you want after fights, you know, or whatever. It just be—it's too easy. It's like fish in a barrel. <laughs> it is, and they don't—and they don't do anything. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. Times have changed. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I think people bigger. are probably getting time to change the channel. I mean, with this show. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, for sure. Anyway, man, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I mean, it's, I'm talking to you like you know, we're not going to do this again, but. I'll probably have you on in a few weeks. I don't know. We'll find something else to talk about. But in the meantime, where, where can the uh, where can the folks find more of Alec? Oh, just what they need more of Alec. Yeah. Uh, well, you can just search Five for Finding Podcast on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the podcast will pull right up. You can follow the YouTube channel. I'm not quite as active on there as I used to be. Um, 
because it's kind of hard just to going around to try to find ECHL footage after they took down the channel kind of gets tired real fucking it gets old really quick so I apologize Um, but you can still find that I still upload a a couple fights here and there I uploaded Amesbury's last fight Um, but all social media platforms you can find the podcast and same thing with uh, where where to listen is Apple iTunes um, you know Spotify google google play whatever it is it's all there so i'm not that hard to find <laughs> no and like i said his next ex- next episode when's your episode coming out thursday i got it scheduled for thursday i'm gonna i just gotta record the intro for it tomorrow and then i will have it out thursday but it's me and john from the old hockey fight league yeah. doing a bracket wrap-up episode yeah he's gonna do his clash the coast wrap-up that'll be fun to uh to listen to and uh you know it, it's gonna be the skio hour i know it's gonna be with john on there it is that much. Well, and it's funny too because and I I totally did it on your episode just now too, or well, you know, earlier when I was talking. Instead of saying Clash of the Coast, I said Clash of the Clans, which is a fucking like phone app or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I only and it it came into my head because John was like hyping up coming onto the show or whatever, and he's like, yeah, hashtag and put the hashtag in wrong, hashtag Clash of the Clan. And I was like, fuck, I'm bringing you on. You can't even get the damn hashtag right for Clash of the Coast. And then that, I don't know why that popped into my brain. I was like, now nah, he's got me saying this. This is going to be the fucking Clash of the Clan, Clan tournament next year, apparently. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. And, I mean, I know that was uh, met with a lot of uh, success. And uh, that was a fun tournament. So it'll be fun to listen to you guys break that down. And uh, But it was fun to uh, just kind of... Uh, well, rant and rave and bitch about fight limits and everything else. And eh, I talked a few fights in the East Coast League. But uh, I want to thank you again for coming on. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. And anytime, I'll, I'm more than happy to come on whenever you're hurting for guests. <laughs> Absolute rock bottom. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one, man. You too. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 